Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast. I fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our initial thoughts of the NBA's resume season that happened on July 30th. We've seen a lot of great games so far, and I'm actually shocked to say it's been quite competitive. We, we were definitely thinking that there would be like five turnovers in the first eight minutes by like four different players. Court legs wouldn't be there, but Honestly, I'm shocked. I'm shocked at what I'm seeing outside of the Clippers absolutely obliterating the Pelicans. It's just not fair. I got to ask you, what were what your initial thoughts so far on the NBA season? Well, first of all, like, the NBA is back, bro. Like, we can say that for real now. We got an episode that said, like, oh, it's coming on the 30th of July. And you look at it and you're like, when we recorded it, it's like 30th of July is a good little bop away. Now we're past it. We got a couple games in. We've seen some scrimmages. DJ Warren's dropping 50-plus. Like, everybody's in their bag low-key right now. So I think the first thing, obviously, is like the NBA is back for real. This is the first thing. But the second thing is that, like you said before, I think it's good to touch on the fact that it's been competitive. There was something about this whole eight-game regular season thing that I thought was just going to be like, okay, certain teams might rest guys like, and we already got our seed locked up, this, that, and the third. Nobody was going to be really playing it up. And it looks like every team has taken this time seriously. Now, granted, most teams have only played one game of this eight-game regular season, if not some maybe playing only two. So we have to see how things transpire. But, like, every game has had – for the most part, there's been a couple, you know, blowouts here and there, but a lot of the games have been very nail-biter-esque. And, like, the very first day of the league coming back, we had back-to-back games decided by literally a possession. So, I mean, it's great to just see how competitive things are, like you said before. Yeah, I think I really just have to point out – I have to point out the first two games that happened this season. The Jazz defeating the Pelicans and the Lakers defeating the Clippers. Let's start with the first game. The Pelicans should have won the game especially considering that they had to leave for most of the game. And honestly, Brandon Ingram is the most improved player of the year. No, no doubt. doubt. No doubt. After, after no that doubt. game, no doubt. Um, he had 23-8. and eight, And uh, J.J. Reck, Drew Holiday also had 20 points. My problem with the Pelicans, especially late in the game, was benching Zion. Agreed. If you're benching a guy like Zion Williamson – Late in the game, you're only playing him for 15 minutes. He scored 13 in those 15 minutes. You don't have someone to defend Rudy Gobert down low. That's where I was wondering. I was like, why Why is Zion not in the game? I'm trying to figure out what was going through the mind of Alvin Gentry to not put Zion in when you have a short lead that you had just given up minutes ago. I'm just not, I'm not understanding. I'm, I'm not understanding. I will say with the Utah Jazz, they look like a cohesive unit with uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert playing together or playing well together against the Pelicans. Jordan Clarkson, 23-point performance against the Pelicans. Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, I think they'll they'll fill the role of Bojan Bogdanovic. I think, honestly, that's just what I saw my first takeaway immediately from that game. On the other hand, though, the Lakers and the Clippers, 
I was not at all impressed by the Lakers. I, I think keeping keeping in mind that the Clippers didn't have Lou Williams or Montrose Harrell, and the Lakers only beat them by two. It's kind of saying something considering the Lakers are, quote-unquote, the number one seed in the West. I'm just going to state the obvious. AD only had 34 points because Harrell wasn't playing. Uh, that's the only that's the only thing that I could say about it. I think if Harold and Lou Williams were playing, I think the Clippers with won by a a slightly larger deficit than two points. I mean, I have two takeaways for both games, honestly. One per team, I guess you could say. For Utah, they look scary, and I think that Jordan Clarkson is going to help with the Bogdanovich situation. If he can drop 20 plus a night like that coming off the bench mind you because that's a good point for them he's been an effective player for their team since getting traded there from Cleveland I mean they started out on a 10 game win streak the day after he got signed like the day they traded for him the day after they traded for him they started on a 10 game win streak that's how effective his ability to be a scorer on the court has allowed the team to be and really space things out for everybody to really, you know, kind of play within themselves. So I think they're going to be scary. And if Jordan Clarkson can stay on the trajectory that he's on, they're one of those like dark horse could come out of the West type of teams. And I feel like we've thought about them that way all year after we saw Bogdanovich get signed this summer, bringing Mike Conley over, things like that. But this puts them back in the hunt that I felt like they slipped from. When it comes to the Pelicans, you couldn't have drawn it out any better than how you did. They blew the game. They blew it. Zion had 13 points in 15 minutes. The boy scored at least a point for a dang near every second he was in the game. But he did not play the last three minutes of the game. The Pelicans had a lead from the second quarter to the beginning of the fourth quarter, all the way down to like the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, only to blow the game and to lose by, of all people, Rudy Gobert free throws like the person that everybody blames for ending the NBA season is the person who also scores the last buckets of the game to save their first NBA season game coming back when it comes to the Lakers once again sliding with you on that one unimpressed that's a team that man bro I mean they gonna need some crazy production I mean I saw some good things Kuzma and Dion Waiters um combined for 20 plus you know, LeBron and AD did their thing. I would say LeBron kind of underachieved a bit in the game. I mean, didn't even score 20 points in the game. I mean, definitely, you know, was a primary facilitator as we expect for their team, but wasn't really out there getting buckets while Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for 58 points. I'm just saying, I mean, LeBron James making it seem like that self-alley-oop uh, you know, layup thing he did at the end to win the game. I mean, if he didn't get his layup back, <laughs> could we say they potentially blew it? I mean, like, honestly, that would have looked a lot worse if he didn't hit the shot and he didn't get the rebound back to be able to, I guess, redeem himself. So not really impressed. The Clippers, easy takeaway. If they get their boys back, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I mean, Lou Will is out. Um, he's got a couple more days on his quarantine. Montrez Harrell, we're hoping he reports to Orlando. I mean, he's not even there right now. So, I mean, in terms of that, we just have to figure out whether or not he truly is going to come play. And if he does, hopefully it's soon enough where he can get his 10-day quarantine out the way and be a part of some series. 
And then another thing that we didn't even touch on is Patrick Beverly was playing on limited minutes because he came into that game as like pretty much a game time decision. Like that was a situation where he was indefinite. He was labeled indefinite before that game and came in, played 15 minutes and did relatively well within the time frame that he played. So at full strength, they got the game on lock. So that first day of basketball, man, a lot of ups and downs depending on what team you're looking at. I'm looking past that. For the Lakers, I mean, where's J.R. Smith? No points in either game. What'd you sign him for? And we thought he was a better signing than Deion Waiters. Agreed. Facts. So where is he? I'm just, I'm just, I'm not understanding. Listen, this is in 2006. LeBron can't carry mm-hmm. the team by himself. Okay, he's got, he's got to have other people step up. I watched that Raptors game. Anthony Davis. Two of seven from the field, 14 points. It's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. 33 was, points from Kyle Lowry. 33 from Kyle Lowry. Oh, he put mm. 30, 33 and 14. Rebounds, not assists. Rebounds, <laughs> yes. I was never really like like a fan of the Lakers, especially when they signed LeBron. I was just like, you know what? It, it happened. You know, we'll just, we'll just, I'll see it when it happens. I mean, I've seen pretty much everything I need to see. In the first two years of LeBron's Lakers, they're a one seed. I'll give them that. I don't know how far they'll go. I said Western Conference, they will lose to the Clippers in seven games. I just, I'm not seeing anything right now with the Lakers that is really making me excited to see them or just seeing like a co star basically outside of like Anthony Davis. I mean, listen, you could tell Avery Bradley was missed. I can't. Ooh. I can't I can't tell you that Avery Bradley is not a key piece of this team. I said he was one of my three my three key players outside of LeBron and AD. But I mean Danny Green struggled against the Raptors. Dwight Howard struggled. Did. He hasn't hit a three. He hasn't hit a three against them yet. That's why that's what I mean by struggle. I mean the Lakers the Lakers right now are in trouble. And um especially now that Paul George is back and healthy with the Clippers, Clippers are gonna win the finals. I mean, they definitely got it locked up. I mean, we've been focusing a lot on the top of the West. Is there anybody towards the bottom? It's a lot of, a lot of teams fighting for the A spot, bro. Who, who stands out to you right now? Because the Grizzlies are on their toes bad right now. I'm going to have to say the Blazers. Definitely the, the Portland Trail Blazers. Because the Blazers, I mean, you have a healthy, you have healthy Zach Collins, healthy Yusuf Nurkic. C.J. McCollum is playing really well right now. Gary Trent off the bench, though. He's giving, uh, he's giving like, Jordan Clarkson-level impact. Why well, I think he's – Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 21 against the uh, 21 against the Celtics in that overtime loss. I mean, Carmelo Anthony as well. What do we say? He can, I think he can still play. Mm-hmm. I said this in, in uh, 2019, the beginning of the season. I said that Carmelo can still play. Here he is. It's August. In the resumed season, he's playing really well. I mean, did you see the buzzer beater against the Grizzlies? <laughs> right. I mean, that's just giving them buckets down the down down the stretch. I mean, who says he can't play? And I'm just I'm just gonna say the obvious. I think the Blazers are really good. I gotta say Phoenix though too. I don't know what it is about Phoenix, but I think Devin Booker's playing really well. Ricky Rubio, like we said in the past, has become a nice rotational piece for them. I think he's been he's been really solid for them in the first two games as well. 
I think there's a chance that they can – there's a slim chance that they can move up the standings, but I think they have to win every game in order for that to happen. I mean, when it comes to the two teams, obviously I feel like out of the – I've actually been impressed with both of them as well. And I think the main thing is um, that you could probably lean with the Trailblazers a bit more just because they're only two games back of the A spot versus, you know, the Suns who are about three and a half games back. The difference, the discrepancy is a lot more significant. I would also say the Blazers, I mean, in that game against the Celtics the other day, you got 30 from Dame, 30 from Nurkic, Carmelo Anthony and C.J. McCollum combined for 30. <laughs> That's 90 points from four guys. And then your, your boy Gary Trent Jr. with 21 points off the bench, playing 34 minutes, mind you, was not playing bench minutes at all. He was six-man Lou Willing that game, <laughs> for sure. but. With them being a, a heavy firepower team, I see them being a tough out for anybody. But, like, let me just list out the games they have left over, Ryan. They have the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the 76ers, and the Mavericks before their last game ends up being the Nets. They are two, they are two and a half games back. But that is a gauntlet like I've never seen before. I mean, talk about a tough road to the top. Like, this is just to get the A seed. They are going to have to go through everybody and their mama just to, like, sniff the playoffs. On the other end, right, there's Phoenix. And they have a lesser chance, I feel like, personally, to actually propel to the A seed. But there's some things that have, stand, that have stood out to me so far. First of all is their win against Dallas the other day. I think that was a big way to kind of assert themselves. I saw a post early on Instagram that um, I find relatively, if not significantly true. The Suns are missing TJ Warren right now. They would, they would maybe probably be in a little bit better spot if they had a, you know, a, a guy who could drop 53 points on his first game back from a hiatus. But um, they're also missing Luca, who they just so happen to have beat, but they could have had instead of Aiden. But I like DeAndre Aiden in this bubble. He's hit four threes so far during this bubble. And before the hiatus took place, he, had took, he took seven threes and didn't hit any of them. Now he's four or five. I think another thing to take into account is their rookie Cam Johnson Everybody said, including myself, he was taken way too early. And I mean, I still think that's debatable, but a 19-point uh, double-double in that game, Ricky Rubio giving himself a good little 20-piece. Mikel Bridges did not play to, I would say, like scrimmage-level Mikael Bridges where he was looking like the second coming of Paul Pierce. But if we can get some good minutes out of him and some good points out of him, the Suns look like a team that even if they do not make the playoffs, they're going to make those teams vying for playoff position fight for every bucket they get. And that's definitely going to make the West a lot more difficult in terms of when we get down the stretch and looking at where everybody's seated before the playoffs start. Can't forget about Dario Saric, who put a 13 and 8 as well off the bench. The bucket, the bucket down low. Here's the thing that I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not really worried about the Mavericks right now because they lost their first two games. They lost to the Rockets. It was a really good game. They lost to the Suns. It was, they only lost by two. Luke had 40 points. Chris has had 30. Seth Curry had 16. More or less, I think their goal is just to try to maintain their seven seed status. Maybe, maybe, 
I, I would say maybe even try to move up to like the sixth seed. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Dallas is going to end up making the playoffs. Of course. E- even if they lose all eight games, I'm not really concerned about their standing right now. But Devin Booker is going to end up doing something big if he goes to the playoffs. I, I think I think if Phoenix goes to the playoffs, I think Devin Booker is going to definitely – is he'll, he'll definitely have a good couple games, even though he's going to be facing against the, the Lakers, but – I mean, I think he'll 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 put up a fight considering it's going to be his first playoff appearance. I have to flip it to the East though because I need to I need to talk about the Orlando Magic who have won their first two games as well. Considering yeah, considering really, there's only three teams fighting for two spots. Orlando really has a chance to not only secure a playoff spot, which they already are in, but maybe move up. You think so? Coming, I mean, I mean if you're if you're looking at thirty nine and twenty seven, Magic are thirty two and thirty five. It's a pretty decent I, gap. There's it's a it's a decent gap, but I say they take the seven seed over the Nets. It's a slight it's a slight jump, but I I think it gets them out of playing Milwaukee. I do have to point out Aaron Gordon is playing well. DJ Augustine has been playing really well as well. Vucevic had a double double against the Nets. Jonathan Isaac though sixteen in his first uh. game. But his season's now over because he just tore his ACL. So Analysis. that's that's a that's a huge. I think that's just a huge blow for the net or for the uh, Magic coming off the bench. I think Mo Bamba is going to have to step up now, especially to try to get like bench minutes. Now, I also have to point out the Boston Celtics and Jalen. I will most likely tell you this now because I think I may be wrong about the Celtics. Excellent. I think oh, I, let me hear it. Let me hear I it. I think I'm wrong about the Celtics. I'm going to use the Blazers game as an example, especially okay. for the turnaround of Jason Tatum. First game against the Bucks, he had five points. He was dreadful. Second game against the Blazers, 34 points. The haircut, man. It's the haircut. It's the shape I, up. I, it's the haircut. Yep. I, I have to attribute that to the haircut. Now, I think the supporting cast, Jalen Brown, who had 30 and 6 in that game, Gordon Hayward, who put 22 and 8, Enos Cantor off the bench, 11 and 8, Kemba Walker with an additional 14. I mean, they look pretty solid against the Blazers. They held their own against the Bucks. I think I may be wrong about the Celtics. I'm glad to hear it. And I think the biggest thing about it is. If you look at the standings, we got the 76ers in the first round, and I don't think Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons want to see a good Jason Tatum on his great day. That's all I'm saying. So if if, if I can say anything, I would say the 76ers need to get it in gear and propel themselves up to that fifth spot where the Pacers are really quick before they end up getting smoked in the, in the first round by the Celtics because I'm telling you this boy Tatum has been on a mission Jalen Brown pretty much makes their team damn near impossible to beat when he scores 20 plus points this is a team that everybody's been talking about all year as the other team after the Bucks for the most part and it's been for good reason but I'm actually going to take that and flip that back to your to your magic take the Magic are a team that have not been discussed at all this season and probably just took the biggest blow to their roster that they could have had besides probably Nikola Vucevic. I think that Jonathan Isaac was on a defensive player of the year tear before he got injured earlier in the season. 
and I think that he had the chance to really give them a different look from what they had last year in terms of his production off the bench for that team going into the playoffs. This is a team of big wingspan guys. I mean, everybody's floating in the seven-foot-plus wingspan area defensively. They look ridiculous. You would think they were the Raptors if you didn't look at the color of the jersey. You would just think they had defensive straps everywhere. And I feel like Jonathan Isaac was at the middle of that. Missing him is going to be a big blow. And unfortunately, they're matching up with the Raptors in the first round again as things are currently constructed. And him not being there is going to be huge. I think out of the... Raptors and the Celtics, though, as much as I love the Celtics, I'm liking the way the Raptors look right now. And it's kind of scaring me with my East pick because, I mean, the way the Raptors are looking, Kyle Lowry is looking like a top 10 player in the league. Pascal's still dropping numbers. And OG Ananobi is a name to watch as a guy that has been playing defense like it's the only thing he knows how to do. It's weird to call them a sleeper. I feel like everybody's been treating them like a sleeper all year in terms of the fact that, oh, they lost Kawhi. What are they going to do come playoff time? This team has looked strapped for a while. But how do you think the Raptors match up with the Bucks or the Celtics, considering those are the two teams they would have to probably go through? Can I ask you a question before I answer that question? Of course. Do you think you might be wrong about the Celtics? I'm not. I'm not ready to give up on the Celtics, but the Raptors are. The, the Raptors are putting fear in my heart. I gotta tell the truth. Okay, so I'm trying to think what the Raptors do right now in the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, they're they're definitely one of the best teams in the East. There's no doubt. Maybe even East, one of the best. Yeah. One of the best teams in the league. They just beat the Lakers by 15 points. Kyle, <laughs> right, Kyle Lowry right, had right. Kyle Lowry had 33 and 14. Van Vliet can play very well. I, I think Van Vliet's probably one of the best shooters right now in the team. Um, Agreed. I think, you know what? Honestly, OJ Anirobi, phenomenal player. I think he we, we <laughs> saw glimpses of him in that Toronto run to the uh, championship with Kawhi Leonard. And speaking of Kawhi Leonard, I don't think they need Kawhi Leonard to win a championship. I think oh. this, team, this team has proven that they may not need Kawhi Leonard to win a championship. I feel like they have a chance to run through the Bucs. Run through the Bucks, you said? I think they have a chance to run through the Bucks in a six-game series. Holy moly, donut shop. Hot. Okay. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. But there's a chance that they can run through the Celtics. There's a chance that they can run through the Celtics in the second round. There's a chance that they can run through the Bucks. I think that there's a chance that this team can go to the finals. I think it's a slim chance, especially considering how well the Bucks have been playing recently. But – like I said, I mean, the show is filled with hot takes. My hot take is that the Raptors have a chance to go to the finals, upset the Bucks, and take on the Clippers. I think that with, with, with how well with, with how well the Raptors have been playing, I mean, they just beat the, they just beat the Lakers. So I think that um, I think outside of the Raptors, I mean, they're definitely moving in the into the contenders to win a championship. I would say finals finals contenders. But I gotta Man, bring Ryan reached deep in his bag. I gotta bring up the Sixers though, because honestly, I'm not sure what's going on with them. Um, <laughs> CJ Warren put up 53 points against Philadelphia 76ers. 
Think about that for a second. When we say that other players need to step up and take over in the uh, resume season, this is what we meant by it. T.J. Warren put 53 points. Yeah, After sure. Philadelphia's not looking too good right now, even though Joel and B put 40 and 20. But Yeah, and, they, and the Pacers have the tiebreaker now. So, I mean, in terms of the 76ers getting above them, I mean, right now it looks like the Pacers have sole control unless they, like, completely flop down the next couple of games. I mean, if you look at if you look at the stat line against the Pacers, Joel and B played phenomenally at 41 and 20. Bias Harris at 30 and 8. Ben Simmons at 19 and 13. Josh Richardson with four points. Mm. Shake Milton with zero. Mm. At least, at least Horford. just put him in the starting lineup, too. And Horford has 10. Okay. So you have minimal production from your guards. You have solid production from your forwards and centers. So honestly, if they can find two guys who know how to play the one and the two, they can make a run, but I mean, I just I don't see it right now. And this may be a foreshadow to what the Philadelphia 76ers or how the Philadelphia 76ers will fare in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think I don't even think it's a foreshadow. I think it's telling us exactly what's going to happen. If Josh Richardson doesn't start knocking down threes and playing defense, they are set up for failure. They don't match up well against the Celtics. And right now, if the Pacers keep up what they're doing. I mean, T.J. Warren obviously doesn't need to drop 50-plus every game. But if they can at least maintain their distance in terms of controlling the fifth seed, they got the, the 76ers have to go up against the Celtics, and that has never been a good matchup over the last, what, two years, I would say, in terms of them facing off. It hasn't really even looked very close. And with Jason Tatum improving, Kimball Walker being a part of the lineup, which I feel like affects things significantly considering that Kyrie never was a part of those series against Philadelphia having Kimba as a part of it I think is going to be huge having Gordon Hayward I think is going to be huge um there's a part of me that kind of thinks that Marcus Smart should play more minutes than he does especially with Kimba being so wishy-washy with the injury but I mean they're they're asking for a first round exit if somebody doesn't go crazy in that backcourt starting Shake Milton sounded like a good way to put Ben Simmons at the four and have him as like a point forward but if he's not going to knock down shots, I'm sorry. What are you getting this PT for? I mean, give my man Matisse Thibel some more time, I guess. I'm not sure. And Josh Richardson, like I said before, if he's not hitting threes and playing defense, he's no facilitator by any means. So I think their team is going to struggle. I think my question to you is with what we've seen from the 76ers between, this, between the beginning of the season, the scrimmages, and the one game that we've already seen from them, where do they cap out at? Because, like, right now, I feel like they're about to get whooped in the first round, and that's it, and that's not a great sight. So where do they cap out? I say game five of the first round. Game five? Game five. I, I'm not – I'm I'm sorry. As much as I like the, the 76ers. Gentleman sweep. I wish I thought they had a chance. What I'm going to mention with the Nuggets later on is that you can't rely just on your three, four, and five. Ben Simmons is starting to play like a first overall pick. Tobias Harris has always been able to shoot. I just want to know where Josh Richardson's been. I'm not understanding. Al, Al Horford coming off the bench seems like a nice seems like a nice fit. But again, you don't have anyone to be in the backcourt. You don't have anyone to play in the backcourt. Josh Richardson's not playing well. Shake Milton, like you said, just got the starting job. 
I watched him at SMU. I mean, he, he was pretty good, pretty good at SMU. And I was, I had high hopes for him once he went to the league. Zero points, though. No, mm, dare not, I say, not, missing Markel Fultz? Missing? Dare I you, say? You might be, you know what? That's not a hot take at all. I mean, Oof. if you look at how Markel Fultz has been playing with the Magic, oh boy, I think I think the Sixers may have missed out. Um, <laughs> For sure. I have to say though, with the Sixers, it's not looking good. And I thought not at all. Six game series originally, I cut that back to one because of the way the guards have been playing. I'm not seeing it. I still think the Celtics are going to end up walking out of this first round series with a win, but I'm not really sure what's going on with the Sixers right now. I do think they cap out the first round. Do you agree? Definitely. Like I said before, I think. I mean, I think right now. I mean, hey, you you giving them less games than me, and that that's probably the bold part. I'd still say it's gonna go down to at least a six or a seven, just because I feel like there's gonna be a game where Tobias Harris is gonna get hot or Josh Richardson is gonna get hot, and that's gonna buy them a bucket. But hey, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like we definitely agree that they're gonna be out in the first round. It's just did they get gets at home. Do they get sent home quickly or do they drag it out? Because right now, if it's the Celtics like it looks like, you might as well start bagging, packing your bags. <laughs> I think it's pretty much over for the for the Sixers. It's a nice transition to our next topic, which is um, teams that are concerning us right now. I think the Sixers are concerning me right now. I mentioned the Nuggets earlier. They pretty much have the same issue right now that the Sixers do, except injuries are, are hindering their success right now on the court. No Jamal Murray, no Will Barton, no Gary Harris. I mean, the the, the load cannot just pitch cannot just bear the load. He's going to need help. I, I just think that with Murray there, he's definitely going to have a little bit of help. Will Barton healthy. I would say also Gary Harris provides additional help as well. I think this this team just struggles without guys like Jamal Murray, Will Barton, and Gary Harris. The Pelicans too getting blown out by the Clippers. Decision to sit. Uh, Zion in the the fourth quarter against the Jazz really did not help their case at all. And they're also slipping in the standings after going from ninth to 11th. And then the Lakers didn't have a strong performance at all, struggled against the Raptors. LeBron in year 17, like I say, he can't do it by himself. AD was not playing well against the Raptors. JR hasn't been found in the first two games. Those teams really need just – I guess, get it together. Who are some of your teams that that are, are concerning you right now? Well, let's kind of just dissect a little bit what it was that you kind of broke down because there was a lot of teams in there, and some of them we've already talked about, but some of them we haven't because some of them that we've seen have showed us the best of both worlds. I feel like the Lakers have seen a lot from their front court, but them not getting anybody in the backcourt to give them true minutes in terms of from the offensive standpoint definitely is a concern. I feel like with the Nuggets, hey, man, can we just see some more bowl bowl? Let's just run it. I'm, I mean, let's just be honest. That's, that's how I'm looking at it. If we can run some more bowl bowl, a seven-foot seven foot guard, I mean, come on. You, you're looking for more backcourt production. I mean, if Gary Harris is going to give it to you, I saw bowl bowl play the three. I mean, I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's set in stone or not, but, I mean, let's see some more bowl bowl. I think a team – that we that we touched on a little bit, but I feel like you kind of slid under the bus a little bit was the Mavericks. That's the team that I'm concerned about the most. And I understand that you're saying that their idea is for them to kind of just vie for the seventh seed, keep it that way, and just as long as they maintain their spot, they're good. 
But we have to put some respect on the Mavericks' name. I mean, yes, they've lost their games as of right now, but they're 40-29, and 29, and the third seed is the Nuggets that are 43-23, and 23, and the Nuggets are one of the teams we're concerned about. If you ask me personally, I feel like it's not really a debate as to who ends up locking up the third seed. I genuinely believe the Rockets are the team that slide into that position. But why is it that the Mavericks can't be fourth, only being two games back of that position right now? I can say the same thing about the Thunder, who we haven't talked about in a good little minute. The Mavericks concern me because I feel as though they've been able to put up numbers and it has not amounted to them being able to get wins on normally, I guess I would say on the road, but against teams that are, you know, truly playoff caliber squads. Losing to the Suns, a little awkward when you say playoff playoff caliber squad. But nonetheless, it just it's just caused a pause for me. I feel like their biggest concerns are down low. I feel like we get little clips of Boban doing dunks here and there or Maxi Kleber with a with a cool little um alley-oop every here and there. But we don't see a lot from their front court if it's not Christos Porzingis. And it's weird. We've been talking about the lack of guard play for a lot of these teams, but the Mavs got guards. Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Luka Doncic, J.J. Barea when he's feeling himself. They've got guards. But when it comes to down low, I mean, if they don't get it together, if, if one of those guys don't step up, they're supposed to take on the Clippers right now. I mean, the Clippers already could play one through five no matter who's on the court. If they don't get some production from the center position, that's going to be a sweep. And don't get me wrong, the Mavericks are maybe a year or two early from what most people would think. But um, there's going to be serious questions surrounding the, the duo of Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis if that Clippers series is ugly, which is like based on the way they're playing right now, looks just like it. Am I overreacting to the Mavs losing these games? Or do you think that there's some truth behind it? I think there is some truth. I have to be honest, though. I'm not sure what's going on with the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, you've, you've lost two. You, you, you've shown – the Dallas Mavericks have shown that they can compete. They lost a close game to the Rockets in overtime. They lost a close game to the Suns, who have been playing really well thus far in the bubble. I'm not sure what's exactly going wrong with the uh, Mavericks. I think that Luca's been playing well. Chris Epps has been playing well. Seth Curry's been contributing. I'm not really sure what's going on. I think you're you're probably right in the case that there's a reverse because they don't have a lot of forwards and centers to play their position. I mean, outside of Chris Epps, I mean, who's who's a forward or a center that's like really notable on the Mavericks? I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> Luca Dantes has been playing phenomenally. He is now, I think he, this may be another hot take. He's definitely make it, making a case for him being MVP. Um, Whoa. Another, another hot take, yes. I have loaded with hot takes today. Luka Doncic is playing extremely well. And he's been playing extremely well throughout the season. I think that there is a, I said that, I said this in, um, well, I said this last year at the start of the season that I feel like he's, he's a contender for the MVP. He may be in that conversation now because of the way he's playing. As far as the playoff series against the Clippers, I can't see them winning more than two games. There's a chance they could take it to seven. However, Paul George has been playing extremely well. Kawhi Leonard has been playing great the entire season. The entire depth of the Clippers 
And they're even playing – they're playing well without Lou Williams, without Montrez Harrell, two of their best bench players. I think two of not, the best players. Two of the best players, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that it's it's pretty much I, – I don't, I, don't, I don't think this year, not this year. And, I, I mean, I don't feel like that's too crazy. I mean, a matchup against the Clippers makes it kind of difficult to say, oh, it's the Mavericks year when they already feel like they're ahead of schedule and they're playing – potentially the best team in the league, if not one of the better teams in the West. I think we've touched on a lot of different teams, and I'm sure it's just out of the excitement of the fact that the league is back. So we've been all over the place in terms of teams we like, teams we don't like, teams that we just like, maybe they need to drop out of the bubble now, teams that we think should just get the championship to, tomorrow. To end the podcast off, what is the team what, – what team – are you watching the most right now for good or for bad reasons? What team is on your radar the most right now? For good reasons, I would say the Bucs, especially considering I think Giannis is going to probably end up walking out with the MVP trophy. I think that those reasons, considering that, you know, Chris Middleton has always been playing well. Wesley Matthews has provided some nice points as well. I think the Bucs are definitely – They've been one of my favorite teams to start the season um, from start to finish now in the season. I think they, they're definitely one of my favorites to not only maintain the first, uh, the number one seed, but also go to the finals. A team that, like I said, I think is on my radar for all the wrong reasons still is the Lakers. I would also even say the Pelicans too. The Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They're two of the top players in the entire world, in the entire league. The fact that, you know, you barely beat the Clippers by two, then you lose to the defending champion Raptors. I'll get I'll give I'll give the Lakers credit. They put up a good fight against the Raptors. The Raptors are the defending champions. They should be beating these teams. Uh, especially with the talent that they have on the roster. And like I said earlier, I mean, with Deion Waiters producing and not J.R. Smith, I mean, where is J.R. Smith? That's why I want to know. I mean, zero points in two games so far. That's my main concern. And then you said Danny Green, he's really not been able to shoot well at all. And I think they've been missing Avery Bradley a lot in this resumed season. Pelicans, though, I mean, you talk about a team that was slated to be for the eight seed and make the playoffs, now are slipping in the standings because of a critical loss to the Jazz, where he should have played Zion in the final minutes. And then you get blown out by the Clippers at halftime when they're up by 32 and then you lose the game, what was it, 126 to 103? It was not good. It was it was a it was a it was just a really bad performance overall by the entire team. I mean, Ingram's playing well. They'll probably end up playing most improved player. Drew Holiday and JJ Reddick are still going to provide production on the floor, but you gotta play Zion more. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I feel like I'm gonna go a little bit of a different route though. In terms of the team that I've been the most impressed by and want to see more of, keeping my eye on all of the above, it's the Rockets. Two good games, two big wins. Beat the Bucks the other day by four points. James Harden put the clamps on Giannis down, down the stretch. Big steal down the stretch to uh, that turned into points, helped bring the game close. Another big, uh, I guess, hand hand-in-the-pocket type of swat away. Not really a steal, but definitely forced a tough shot when uh, Giannis had to pass the ball away. Basically, being able to lock up the game. 
beating the Mavericks, I feel like is huge. Holding off some of the lower teams in the West is kind of like cleanup games that need to be done. Um, if you're one of those top seeds, I think that the Rockets are a team that if they continue like this, I feel like they're, I don't feel like they're catching anybody off guard with the small ball anymore. I feel like some of the big men on these other teams are definitely getting numbers. I mean, Brooke Lopez dropped numbers for the Bucks, um against them. Chris Stops eight <laughs> against the Rockets. So I think the big men are definitely doing what they're supposed to do against the Rockets. But I think the Rockets firepower is holding them off. And I just love their style of play being that smaller team. The team that I'm concerned about the most is actually the Miami Heat. And really? as oddly as that might seem, out of all the teams that we talked about, good, bad, and, diff- and indifferent, the Heat are the one team that I watch the most because of the fact that as of right now, they are a team that has a very tough road ahead of them. And this is a young squad that has some tested guys, with Jim- Jimmy Butler being the main one but a lot of guys who are their main contributors who have not seen playoff basketball and are about to meet it. They have the Raptors, they have the Celtics, they have the Bucks, they have the Suns, and then we have a little bit of a playoff preview situation where they actually play the Pacers two times in the last three games of their season, and they have the Thunder mixed up in the middle of that. They have a pretty tough road ahead of them. And I mean, yes, they currently sit in the fourth spot. Yes, they're two two games behind the Celtics. But genuinely, as odd as it might seem, I I feel as though they are more likely to drop down to the fifth seed against against the Pacers than being the fourth seed against the Pacers, which I guess under these current circumstances, home court advantage does not matter as much as as it did in the past. But there's a psychological edge that possibly can be taken or withdrawn based on how that how those two games versus the Pacers down the stretch go I feel like those two games are going to decide a lot because they have a gauntlet coming up similar to um, the Blazers who have a pretty tough schedule as well so they're the team that I'm worried the most about but don't get me wrong man I mean hey basketball is back can't be mad at anybody for that so I'm just looking forward to seeing some more games and like I said, I mean, we're we're just happy that basketball is back, and you know these these takes will may may definitely change, Jalen. I'm I'm happy. I'm as happy as you are that basketball is back. Honestly, yes, like sir. this is this is a great time to be a basketball fan right now. Now that now that the NBA is back, this was a great episode today. We have a lot of great content for you guys coming up in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks with the NBA being back. So we'll see you guys next episode. Okay.